Hey, hey, welcome back. This is season two of Brooks in Babylon, and this will be episode one. This has been pre-recorded with pastors uh, Seth Yolorda and Barone Savori, pastoring during a quarantine. Take a listen. Hello, everyone. Uh, Just a couple of notes. This podcast was originally supposed to be a video, but I decided that it would also be pretty good as a podcast as well. And so uh, you'll hear me make a couple of references about being to the right and to the left to my guests, uh, Seth Yalorda and Delroy Brooks. And that's because it's on video as well. And then secondly, uh, you'll hear me mention the webinar that Seth did on Thursday, March the 19th, 2020. And uh, this is being posted after that was completed. But if you visit visionclarity360.com, you'll be able to check out the conversation between him, Michael Kelly, and Myron Edmonds. Thanks a lot, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. My name is Pastor Barone Savori, and I am joined here with by a couple of friends of mine that are pastors here in Southern California. To my right and to your left, I have Pastor Seth Yolorda, who's lead pastor at Relove in Orange County, California. Thanks for joining me, Seth. And to my left and to your right, I have Dr. Delroy Brooks, lead hey. pastor of Juniper Avenue in Fontana, California. And uh, so we just wanted to get together. I wanted to call a couple of my friends together that are pastors here in the local area and talk about how much the world has changed. A lot is different. It's a lot different. (laughs) It's a lot that's different um, with, of course, COVID-19 that is just running around across the world now. Here in America, we're over 100 deaths right now and so many different infections. But um, I I wanted to ask some things. I wanted to just kind of uh, be uplifting and also thoughtful at the same time. So um, just... Seth, how are you kind of experiencing this? What's kind of happening in your world? You're in Orange County. Uh, what's the temperature out there? And, and what are you doing to kind of keep yourself well during this time? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for asking. And thank you for just creating this opportunity. I mean, I think everyone is kind of going through it right now. Like, yeah. I don't know if any part of the nation or part of the country is feeling better or worse than the next. I mean, in OC, I mean, it's similar similar to how it is out here in Riverside. Um, we're just trying to sanitize and figure this thing out from day to day. Yeah. Every day, every hour, it seems like there's new information. Um, Orange County is really trying to tap down on how much we interact and how much we gather with individuals yeah. outside of those necessary essential activities that have to take place in order for the city to run. Um, and so we're just kind of kind of operating on the fly you know um COVID-19 was not a part of our long-term strategic plan yeah right so somehow we we missed that um you mean you didn't build in a pandemic I I did not to your church strategic plan okay I I got it I got it but um and so as a result I think every church is you know we're just trying to kind of do the best we can with what we have um so yeah, I think that's just kind of where we are. Yeah, and and you're over. You you live in the Loma. You operate a lot in the yeah, Loma Linda area, 
mm-hmm. whatnot, and mm-hmm. uh, and you pastor a, a smaller congregation, mm-hmm. Fontana. Yes. How are you experiencing? As a matter of fact, I don't say that smaller because I got a small church too. So <laughs> small is relative, I imagine. Yeah, it is relative. It's either attendance or the building. I, I mean, have we, both. We have a chance to really expand it <laughs> because now uh, everybody's being forced to be online. Right. Uh, so, right. Uh, but tell me, how are you experiencing things? Oh man, uh, pretty much the same as how Seth has explained it. It's not what was not a part of our long-term plan. I do have a lot more aging members. Um, and so that has required mm-hmm. me to do a lot more connecting and, and calling. Um, I, I was rebuked by my brother over here for trying to go and see one of my members. Um, he told me I could have just made a call and he was right. He wasn't wrong. Uh, I recognized, I didn't understand until I got there that they weren't even letting people in the building. Oh, wow. And um, what I ended up doing was walking back and knocking on, because I know where her room was, I knocked on the window and just waved at her through the window and just told her I would call her. So um, that's what's one thing that has really changed that I wasn't ready for yeah. because in the, uh, in, I walk with the, okay, COVID-19 is out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm relatively healthy. I don't see it as something that's going to impact me. Mm-hmm. But I was blind to the fact of how much, while I don't recognize its impact on me, that I can still be negatively impacting others. Sure. Because um, what we found or what we're recognizing about about this virus is that you can be asymptomatic. You may not ever get symptoms, but you could transmit the virus to someone else. Yeah, and, and, and that's, that's and, and that's crazy because, you know, we all seek to reach out to millennials. Of course, this is a time when, you know, social media is hot, online is hot, a lot of things like that. And being asymptomatic, I'm hearing now where they're encouraging people of our generation and of course younger mm-hmm. uh, to, to be mindful that they might not have any symptoms, but to just uh, just to keep their social distance and, yeah. and that stuff. Now, now you know, you mentioned this and, and Seth, feel free to, to, to chime in. Of course, for me, I'm feeling the same things that you all are experiencing as well. But now there's a thought in at least the pastoral realm that visitation was dead. But now there's this urgency or at least there always was. But now there's like a barrier to going and seeing those that are that are older. Right. Um, I don't know. You know, both of us, we all of us have older members in our churches. How are you kind of handling that right now? Like, what is it that 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 you're doing to meet their need during this time? Well, I mean, honestly, um, I guess my church may be structured a little bit differently. I was, we never did a whole lot of pastoral visitation mm-hmm. to begin with, mm-hmm. you know, that just maybe because I'm not doing it, um, or that may be a strike against <laughs> right. us, I don't know. But, so my members are not are used to me coming and visiting them at right. all. Um, I'll see you at church, you know, I'll see yeah. you in small groups. Yeah. Uh, so but that's, that's a good thing. That's yeah. a big thing. Like, you should small talk groups. Right. right. Yeah. So, we should talk so about that. that. Yeah. And so that's what I was going to say. Like, you know, for us, you know, we've been fortunate enough over the last maybe two and a half, three years to really implement a small group model into the mm-hmm. rhythm of our church. That's awesome. Um, and so hopefully through, and obviously I say hopefully because we're still figuring it out, but through this small group model, mm-hmm. we'll be able to touch those individuals mm-hmm. and remain engaged with our congregation. The challenge though, which I think is is becoming increasingly relevant is those individuals who aren't in small groups. Mercy. Like if there is no, they're, they're not showing up to the building on Saturday morning. Mercy. They chose, they mm-hmm. opted not to be a part of small groups because mm-hmm. everyone had the option. Mm-hmm. So now for them, there's literally no engagement wow. with the church unless someone from my, either myself or my staff, yeah. we reach out there and we, and we touch, t- you know, touch them. And so it, to me, it only, I'm hoping that, you know, 
by the grace of God, this thing blows over and that when it does, I can use this as even more encouragement for people to be a part of small groups, recognizing right. that, you know, we never know what's going to happen or um, what will will arrive that will prevent us from meeting or congregating in our building on Saturday morning. And what, what, what a great point. You know, Delroy, I know that we've shared and, mm. and you've read some books about house churches and, yeah. and small yeah. gatherings. It is something. And, and Seth, you've read it. I haven't read it yet. I'm uh. going to. Uh, I need to. <laughs> small groups has come up and this idea of maybe there's some good mm -hmm. that can come yeah. out of something like this. I mean, of course, we don't want anybody dying or anything like that, but we're forced to adjust right mm -hmm. now and we're forced to recalibrate mm -hmm. how we do church and how we reach people. How are you thinking about that? What do you, what, what good do you see church-wise mm -hmm. uh, uh, happening because of this pandemic? Um, I'm, I made mention to this earlier uh, with, I, I'm, I can't even remember who I was talking to now, but it's the idea. I was on my prayer line this morning, um, but it was that this pandemic or this circumstance has come about at a time when uh, our churches were literally becoming stagnant. Mm -hmm. We were living off of the idea that people are going to come to us mm. and we're now forced to have to go to them. Yeah. And and by doing that, you're having to do this using the digital medium. So if you had never had anything set up, you're looking at, well, I'm going to have to do something yeah. or I'm going to do absolutely nothing and just hope that people are going to return. But if there's wow. no way to engage those people right now, every other day or every couple of days, whether it's by text or Facebook, IG, um, TikTok. Whatever, if you're not yeah. engaging in any way mm -hmm. and you're just hoping they're just all going to roll back in just because um, you're going to be sadly, sadly mistaken. Uh, and so I, one of the things that I've, I've found or that I'm discovering is um, all of the things that I've been putting off as it related to techn technologically moving forward or just mm -hmm. doing the creating the content to put out in front of people. Um, I'm got to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have an option now. You know, yeah. it's, it's interesting that you say that because the, today I was just thinking through kind of where we are as a church. And it's funny because we, we were at the seminary together. Mm -hmm. And in the seminary, a lot of times we'd go play basketball. We were the same intramural team. We'd yep. play ball together. And then they would just have like open gym, like Sunday morning, Thursday night, whatever. Right. And so we would go to open gym. We would run an open gym. And at open gym, there's like three courts going on at the same right. time. Yeah. But then if you remember with our class specifically, our cohort, there was always like a group of guys who would play just kind of like two on two, three on three right. on a court. And we always called that the kitty court. Right, right. <laughs> right. So we were like, man, y'all are playing, the playing on the kitty court <laughs> right. because they wouldn't come over. They wouldn't play five on five on like right. the main full court. Right, and right. so we would tease them. And, and every now and again, B, you would jump over the kitty court. I would jump over the kitty court. But we knew that that was just kind of where we were until the main court opened up. Right. And I feel like what's happening within the landscape of the church is that there's two courts wow. that are going on, wow. right? There's churches that have been operating on the main court, uh -huh. which is they have their online ministry. They have their small groups, like their mm -hmm. churches operating at full steam. Wow. Right. And then there's a whole nother churches, what you're talking about, who right. have just been playing on the kitty court, right? Yeah. Right. And they think, yeah. oh, we're just going to keep having our, and don't get me wrong, like you're having a good time on the kitty court. Right. You're right. still getting right. some exercise on the kitty court. Mm -hmm. Like right. you're still playing ball, right. but it's right. not at the level same level as on the full yeah, court. Right. And so now COVID-19 has basically showed up and has shut down the kitty court. Right. 
right? And so yeah. those people who aren't accustomed <laughs> to mm. running on the full court, which is online ministry, small groups, having the technology in place, having the infrastructure and the systems in place to, to, to continue to reach people. Right. Like now, they're struggling. Right. You know, even right. though it's like, oh, I can operate well on this smaller court, but when mm. I try to yeah. play with the big boys, right, and the larger churches that yeah. have all these things in place, now it's just like there's there's a catch up mm-hmm. that we're trying to yeah. that we're trying to make happen. Yeah, there's a huge catch up, and I love that that example that you that you use there, Seth, because it's so true. Their churches, my church is playing catch up, along with probably thousands of church across right. America mm-hmm. are playing catch up, and and depending on your leadership, there's a passion and a desire to say, hey, let's get there. It, mm-hmm. it reminds me of I just started doing CrossFit, and when I started, it's terrible. I, mm-hmm. I just I couldn't mm-hmm. do anything. I was gassed. You know, the warm up had me gassed wow, out. You yeah. know? <laughs> I mean, I was done. And that's like, all of a sudden you're shut off from being able to do regular uh, a church worship at, mm-hmm. at 11 o'clock. And now as I've continued to do it, I've gotten better. I've gotten stronger. It hasn't been easy, but I've been committed. Yeah. I've been committed to the 5 a.m. class. I get up, I go, I do it, and I'm noticing that I'm getting better. And I know that a lot of churches out there, as you're mm-hmm. continuing to oh, be yeah. committed to this, that it's going to get better, but it's not easy. Right. It's, it's a challenge. Yeah. They're already, just yeah. like my church, I, I have an older church. I reach them through Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm doing conference calls because wow. some of them, they're not mm-hmm. as computer savvy, and that's okay mm-hmm. because we just kind of figure it out. What are some of the tools? that maybe you've looked into that you've used that might be helpful if you're having an older if you have an older church mm-hmm. and whatnot and and then I'm going to pan over to Seth because Seth you're going to deal with that tomorrow at your webinar it's going to be mm-hmm. it's going to be awesome but but tell me some of the things that oh man what what we're doing right now is a, a good old uh calling people up that's, that's right it. yeah that's it I, all I can do is call um I, the, the members who have phone numbers that are still landline or in their house yeah I can call them um, if I call and I don't get an answer, um, I leave a message. If I call, don't uh, leave. I leave a message and I don't get a call back. That's when I usually would go by the house, but I can't go by the house now. So what I'm left to do is hoping that there are text messages around. Mm-hmm. Um, I had our church secretary buy cards mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. members, just so if I didn't see them, I would just. That's good. Write cards. I know addresses. So that's what we're going to be employing um, during this time. Um, it's it's slow, but the U.S. Postal Service still works. Yeah. And yeah. it might take two days, but they will get a card in the mail that says, we miss you, we're praying for you. These yeah. are the things we're hoping that you can do. Um, we've made our church phone number is the hub. So normally, mm-hmm. if there's anything that a member will need, we also have a one call. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and that's something I can actually call in and do. That's a um, one call is a, a tele. What is that? A, um, like almost like a robocall. Yeah, but it's a robocall. It's so a robocall, I can send yeah. out to every all 89 families at the church that's, great. that's listed on there. If you have your number, you'll get a call from us. It'll say this is a message from the Juniper Avenue Church family and give them the information, whatever is next. So for this week, we'll send well, tonight. We would send out a, a, a robocall for tomorrow to tell people how they could connect with our service for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll do IG tomorrow for my younger members and then mm-hmm. and do the same thing for them to mm-hmm. connect with us and but that's but for the older people i'm calling texting those who have cell phones if i have their cell phone number they're getting a text from me the younger members they don't really if, when i text them they seldom return a text yeah um so that's ig um, yeah. instagram and, and some of them is even facebook those are their parents mm-hmm. 
So we, we try to run all of it right now. Yeah, that's good. I'm doing some of those things. One call now is great. There's other companies that you just log in all your phone numbers, mm -hmm. leave a message. It sends out a call to all of them. Yeah. We hate when we get them from politicians, but yeah. hopefully our members <laughs> love to hear from, from our pastors. Uh, and so we're kind of we're kind of there. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm kind of in between both you and Seth. Seth, I've watched your church online. Mm -hmm. You guys have a great online presence. You have a, a team. I, I really enjoy if you haven't checked out Relove's uh, Instagram page yeah. or their website. Seth, you're doing a great job there. You, what are you kind of doing right now? You're kind of ahead of a lot of people. Uh, has this transition been a little bit easier for you? Yeah. And what unique things are, are you kind of doing now that you're having to push forward a little yeah. bit faster? Yeah, it's interesting because we were actually, it was probably Christmas, the first of December, actually, the first, second week of December. Um, as you know, we're renting our building mm -hmm. from another church, um, from a Sunday church. And so every second Saturday of December, they have the Christmas shoebox ministry. And mm -hmm. so we basically either have to partner with them or we have to find another place to, to use mm -hmm. um, for a service that Saturday morning. And so what we decided to do this year, this last December, was just to move our worship service to another location. Um, we moved it to a school kind of uh, multi-purpose room. And as a result, we did not have, we didn't have like the audio and the video and the streaming. Mm -hmm. And so my team got together and we pre-recorded our service ahead of time, right? Wow. And then we just dropped it live. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of like the first time that we actually tried this whole pre-record. Let's mm -hmm. see what it looks like, see what it feels like. And so we did that. And so now that we're actually having to do, it's almost like we almost had like a trial run, right. you know, the yeah. first time a month, two months ago, three months yeah. ago because of it. I will say this though, um, I've been fortunate enough that we have a lot of the pieces in place so that we can continue to operate within this space. But what I'm realizing today is like most of our team is really based off of like one individual who has like all of the knowledge and wow. all of the skill, yeah. right? And yeah. so and he, I love him to death. His name is Keith. He does a great job. He has a great spirit um, and he is literally a workhorse. But that's his thing. Like he knows tech, you know, yeah. he knows yeah. all of it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just thinking today, like, man, if for some reason he goes down or something Mercy. happens with him, uh -huh. like we are literally like yeah. handcuffed. Uh -huh. um, yeah. I mean, we could probably figure it out, mm -hmm. but he it, he definitely has the lion's share of the information. And so me now is just figuring out like how can we continue to move, yeah. you know, right. build a team around right, right, him right. so it's not just all with him. And so he doesn't feel the brunt of it. Um, he actually posted. Um, when all of this first went down, he posted a, a, a graphic on IG and he was like, it had three or four guys in asthmat suits with a full cover. And he was uh -huh. like, this is the media team showing up, you know, showing up to church on Saturday to make sure everything's Ready sure. to do work. Exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. I love it. Like, everyone I love else it. shuts down, but the media is like, no, it's gonna be we still, gotta, going. we, we yeah. still got to roll. Yeah. Um, we're in an interesting situation now because Orange County is tightening the restrictions. And so we're not sure if we're going to be able to live stream this mm. week. You know, mm. it may be just a rebroadcast. I may right. be doing something from my house. It may be like a yeah. webinar type of right. type of situation. So we're still trying to figure that out. But I think the key in this, this whole season that mm. we're in is obviously lesson number one is we need to constantly be innovating, yeah. right? Yeah. During mm -hmm. times of peace, we need to be innovating, yeah. right? Because when crisis yeah. comes, the innovation will serve us. Right. Yeah. Um, the second lesson that I'm learning and that I think my church is learning is that at all times, similar to the first, like we have to re have this growth mindset, right? right? Yeah. And so I heard Kerry Newhoff, he did an Instagram post today and I really liked it. And he basically said, we should not be asking ourselves um, how can we take our services online or how can we keep doing what we've been doing? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. We should now be asking ourselves, what can we do differently? 
Wow. Right? Like, yeah. so rather than me yeah, trying yeah. to say, okay, how do we get our traditional service online? How do we get cameras? How do we get stream? How do we get all these things? The question that we should be asking is, okay, in light of the changing of the change of landscape, right. what should we be doing now? Okay. Yeah. Right? Let's, yeah. let's have that conversation uh -huh. as opposed to just trying to stream, you know, what we've been doing. Right. right? right. And so right. that's kind of where we are is like, what does this thing look like? Do people literally just want to watch me preach to the camera? Right. Um, how do we increase engagement? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, how do right. we try to make people still feel connected even though they're sitting at home by themselves? Right. Yeah. You know, um, so that's kind of where we're trying to nice. figure out and have yeah. that conversation. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. Uh, Seth, I wanted to ask, and I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier in the uh, episode. Tomorrow, Thursday, uh, what's that, March the 18th, 19th, 18th, 19th, 19th. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be doing a webinar. A couple hundred people have already signed up. Just kind of what are some of the highlights of what people can... Yeah, so I mean... So I started this thing called Vision Clarity 360, and the whole idea is just to help churches kind of navigate the strategic planning process and figure out how they're going to get from where they are to where they want to be. And so I think where we are right now is at a very interesting time, and so I just invited some friends on to have a conversation about how do we minister effectively in the uh -huh. midst of a pandemic? Like, wow. what does that look like? Does that mm -hmm. look like Facebook Live, Instagram Live, you know, YouTube, like, you know, some practical things, what does mm -hmm. it look like? But then in a, on a broader level, it's, we're also addressing, like, you know, from a leadership standpoint, Point. What does leadership look like in the form mm -hmm. of a crisis, right? Mm -hmm. It's been interesting because as you are watching the news, you see some states and some cities who are like leading the front, right? Who yeah. are leading right. out front, like, hey, hey, we're going to be the first to do this. And then kind of everyone else falls behind. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's just kind of like a leadership lesson. Like in the middle of a crisis, what are those components that are necessary in order for us to lead our congregations mm -hmm. courageously, mm -hmm. right? Do we just sit back and wait for the conference to tell us what to do? Mercy. Or do we take a step forward and say, hey, I hear what they're doing, or they haven't said anything yet, so we're going to make this executive decision for our church. Right. And so we're going to be talking a little bit about that, like oh, what does good. leadership look like for us? Um, something that John Maxwell said at a conference I went to some years ago, he said, leaders see more, more, and more before everyone else mm. so he said basically if you're a leader you need to see everyone else sees this you need to be seeing this and while everyone can only see what's right at the door you need to be seeing what's around the corner right yeah. so you can see more and more and more before and so we're going to be talking about like what does it look like for us as leaders no. and pastors and church leaders to see more more mm -hmm. and more before like wow. what's coming around the corner what should we be doing and we may not know, right. but how can we still kind of remain in that triple threat, if you know basketball, like yeah. that triple threat position so that right. no matter what happens, we can shoot, we can pass, we can dribble, mm -hmm. you know, no matter what's coming around the corner. So yeah. um, that's really what we'll be dealing with. Oh, that's good stuff. That's good. So if you haven't had a chance, uh, sign up uh, to be a part of that. And if you, you can't, if you can't catch the live webinar, maybe there'll be yeah, a way to be rebroadcast. Just be jump broadcast. on to visionclarity360.com. All right, visionclarity360.com. Nice. Delroy, nice. I, you know, you are, you are our missing theologist you are all about mission i i mean i mean you I just always you're, yeah. you're thinking about it you're you're a creative mind mm -hmm. you're you're pushing uh, all the time whether that's leadership and yourself mm -hmm. um tell me just kind of missionally where are you how are you pushing yourself well you know what are, what are wow. what are some of the things that you're saying i wish my church would do wow maybe not necessarily juniper uh -huh. but just adventism in general that wow. you know in this in this in this time you know what i think what our our church has never been very good at doing is impacting culture in a way that is god centered and not just um uh, fear-based mm -hmm. um, where many of our church members will look at uh, large 
community style churches or large ministries that seems to have all of these people are just excited about wanting to do the work of the Lord. Um, they look at back at the Adventist church and will wonder like, well, how come we can't or why don't we? As a matter of fact, my uh, worship team asked me just two weeks ago, um, I'm three now. Uh, they had they had done something different in praise and worship, and they asked me after church, well, what did you think about it? How did we do, quote unquote, basically? Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? Uh, my challenge a lot of times is when worship leaders want to lead worship, they're singing to not make a mistake versus singing to lead us. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes back to a, more how we do ministry at the local church in the Adventist church is we're always doing what we're, we, we tend to allow outside forces to determine how we're going to do what God is leading us to do versus I'm going to follow God and wherever this takes me, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. And we've not created a culture that allows people to do that. Mm-hmm. The culture of our church is, um, it, it, it's a, it's, we're afraid of rubbing shoulders with like right now, this social distancing is actually ideal for a lot of Adventist people because they don't want to touch anybody. <laughs> they don't want to actually rub shoulders. It's horrible. It's, it's, and, it's, and, yeah. and, and that's, yeah. but that speaks but to the true. culture of our church. Yeah. And the, from when it comes to mission, the culture has to change. My mission or what our culture has to be is I care more about that person that I don't care so much about what may happen to me mm-hmm. as long as I can make sure they get Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And that that moves us past, I just want to minister so I can get into heaven versus I'm ministering because I know what God's call is on my life. Mm-hmm. And whether it's how we preach from the desk, how we do our Bible studies, small groups, it has to be a kingdom mindset such that we, because all of the, doctrine of the Adventist church, it, it, it doesn't mean anything if Jesus isn't at the center, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So yeah. that, that's my, my thought process, at least from my, my point of view over the, over the years. And that's my biggest challenge is to be able to translate that to my members. It's a, listen, God has done way too much for us to remain and continue to just feel like we've done enough. Yeah. And now we just, you know, biding our time until uh, Jesus returns. If I could tell you this real quick story, I told this this morning on the on my prayer line at church um, that we were looking at Matthew 24, 42 through 46. And um, I think it's verse 45 says, um, um, oh, and I just forgot it. Uh, um, Therefore, be also ready for uh, such a time as you think not the son of man comes. Yeah. And um, talking about anytime we go on road trips, my family, my kids love road trips. And the thing about going on a road trip is you usually having to follow directions to get to wherever it is you're going. And um, some of our road trips are going to a place that we've never been before, but we know most of the road. You know, a lot of it's highway until you get into a town and then you got to pay attention. And that's the thing. See, the kids are looking at their videos and whatever else the whole time until we get into uh, an area that where now we have to look for signs, mm-hmm. specific markers uh, in places mm-hmm. that will 
drop us right to where we need to be. And at those points, everybody who's been playing a game or who's been watching a movie, because I need more eyes, I'm yelling, hey, look out the window. Show, tell me if, I'm, if, we're, yeah. if everybody sees the same thing at the same time so we know where we're supposed to go. Yeah. And I think this pandemic right now is supposed to be waking up the church. Hey, stop staring at your videos. Stop reading your books. Look out the window because we're coming upon where we need to be. And I need everybody looking in the same direction so we can get there together. Yeah, man. So, I mean, I, I'm hearing culture online that that and the way that we engage with people and making sure that we go move from the kitty court to the main court in, in terms of how we do church. Um, changing and shifting culture and how we interact with other people, mm -hmm. how we love and care for one another. I mean, I'm just feeling like the theme part of this is a, is a shift in culture for our church, uh, whether that's the way that we shift. kind of connect, uh, <laughs> the way that we kind of get, yeah, there's a shift that's happening and taking place. Uh, that's an inside joke yes. for those of y'all that, <laughs> uh, that are joining us. But uh, I just want all of us, that, those that have taken the time to view um, and to listen to this, that uh, all these shifts that are happening in our lives that, that we're going to be okay. We serve a God yes. that's bigger than the coronavirus. Yeah. We serve a God that is going to be uh, uh, glorified and lifted up. Uh, I pray that everyone that is out there that is listening, that you are safe, that mm -hmm. your family is safe, that you're doing what you can to also be safe, but also that you're contributing in a positive way to the shifts in culture that we all will experience church-wise, uh, whether that's learning how to reach out more and engage with our communities more, whether that's supporting uh, your leadership and your pastors as we look to find creative ways, whether that's small groups, online ministry, uh, any ways that are possible to kind of carry the gospel forward, that you join in with that because uh, being able to innovate during peace times means that we won't have to do as much Mm -hmm. when times like this uh, arise. Right, yeah. I want everybody to know we're going to be okay. We're yeah. going to be all right. Uh, we're going to be all right. God is on our side. Mm -hmm. uh, if we do our part, we will be well. Mm -hmm. I, I want to thank Seth. I want to yeah. thank you for joining me. Uh, it's been great to have you. Hopefully, maybe sometime in the future, we'll do it again. Delroy, yep. thank you so much for, for joining me. I'm Pastor Barone. Thank you for, for joining me. Uh, once again, if you want to visit, reach out uh, to Delroy Brooks on all the social media platforms. Yeah. He is there. Dr. Yeah. Brooks. Uh, Seth Yolorda as well uh, also does uh, a lot of church growth, a lot of church visionizing uh, work as well. Uh, check him out. Uh, I'm at Valley Fellowship and I love people. I love music and I love technology. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> there it is. God bless you all. And we'll talk again sometime really soon. Peace. So that's it for this episode. Uh, subscribe, share, like, all that kind of good stuff. You can follow up with all of us online in whatever way you feel to do that. And we're, we're off and running, uh, pastoring in a quarantine, podcasting during lockdown, whatever way you want to see it. Hope to hear from you soon. Stay safe. <laughs>